lesson today is on page 56 of our study guides and it is about uh, rejecting deceivers and demonic doctrines and we'll get into some stuff in here that I found pretty interesting in studying it and it's definitely something that we need to be aware of. definitely something I need to be aware of so that I don't fall prey to the things the word talks about being deceived in these last days because there are things in from other preachers and other people out there that I've listened to and, and I've listened to a lot of podcasts and we'll get into some good discussion this morning on people that, that sound right, but if you don't know your word, they're not right. And I'm not saying that I haven't learned things from them. I have gleaned some things from their understanding, but I could also see that there were some areas that they, they needed some help. Uh, today's central truth is Christians are to contend for the faith through God's word and the power of Je- in the power of Jesus Christ. And let's get started. Oh, key verse. I want to make sure to read that one. Um, now the, the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last time some will turn away from the true, from true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. And uh, there's some other things in here I'll get to later, but some of these people may not even really understand that they're what they're doing because they've been deceived. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit helping you to discern the word and just discern everything that you're dealing with in life and, and that the, the faith of your your faith that you have in Jesus Christ be the filter that you see everything, then things in this world may seem true and when they really aren't. And let's get starting. The discerning the truth from falsehoods is not always easy to do. False teachers often wrap their deceptions in just enough truth to sound right, even to the most intelligent people. It's only through the Holy Spirit that we can guard against those deceptive teachings and to help others do so as well. Now, I like how it pointed out that it's... I've even gotten into these conversations with other people that I've listened to, other preachers and stuff like that, and I don't want to shoot them down or anything for what they're doing, but I try to point out some certain things that they may or may not say to try to help other believers that if they listen to that person is like, yeah, I've learned something from them, from so-and-so. And I was like, but I just, I don't like how they don't talk about this or they don't talk about that or their view on this, which is, it's all right, but it's just personally not for me because it doesn't line up with the word. And I, I just have an issue with that. And I don't want to like push people away, but try to, to nurture them and tell them it's like, if that's not in the word, then, then that's a problem. And it should be a red flag if we're listening to teachers like that. Now, what is the truth? Pilate asked Jesus this question just before the Lord was crucified in John 18, 38. Earlier, Jesus declared that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one would come to the Father except through me. Uh, Pilate failed to recognize the truth even while looking at him in the eyes. Still today, people are searching for the truth, yet clinging to lies. And that comes to the root of everything because we're all trying to find the truth. We're all trying to find that one thing that fits in our heart perfectly. We're all searching for God whether we know it or not. I know in my life, in my walk with Christ, I, I wandered around looking for stuff to, to fill the holes in my life with joy and peace and love and hope and the things that come from the Holy Spirit. I, I did my searching around this world trying to find the, the counterfeit version because that usually doesn't require much but it's it's kind of like 
way the Lord just brought it to me. It's like a credit card. It looks good now. You get that joy, that little little bit of joy and that little bit of peace right then and there and now, but the interest later, the interest rates rise, and you're going to have to pay for it eventually. As, and it's just one thing. I, Jesus is the truth, and until we, until the world figures that out, unfortunately most of it won't, but we're still supposed to help those in this world to, to find the truth upon all truth. As Christians, we must not be deceived in in a world of falsehoods, in our, our, it is our daily duty to recognize, defend, and to preach the true message of Jesus Christ. Fortunately, we can depend on the wisdom and discernment of the Holy Spirit to help us. Our responsibility, however, goes beyond ourselves. We must help others hold to the truth as well. And, and that's something I forget sometimes. And I'll bring up something that was I did yesterday because I like wearing Christian shirts and I was wearing one that said salvation on it and we went to Walmart and of course Royal wasn't being like he should and of the way I think he should be he was acting up a little in the store and I told him I don't remember what I said I was going to do with his toy if he didn't act up something probably even on the, the the means of destroying his toy because he wasn't listening and I was getting frustrated and I went around the corner I saw these people looking at him and I forget sometimes that I am an example of Christ wherever it is I go. And especially if I'm wearing a big beacon of a cross and salvation on the front of it. And if I'm acting that way and it's like, what's going to make that person think that I'm, any, I'm doing any better than they are? Uh, they're, I mean, they're going to be like, hey, that guy is just as mad as I am. Uh, he may not be saying in the same words that I am, but he, he's still not doing what he should be or, and how he is to his kids. And I'm like, ugh. I, I got convicted over that, but that's part of the reason why I wear shirts and stuff like that, so that I keep myself in the conviction so that I don't do things like that. But wherever it is we're at, whether it's at work, whether it's at home, whether it's at the store, wherever it is we are, we are responsibility. our responsibility is for being ambassadors for Christ. Wherever it is we go, we're supposed to be about the kingdom, for the kingdom, always about the kingdom. And if we don't keep in that mind state, we can... I know I personally, I fall short, and I don't like falling short, and I don't want to, I, I, I'm worried about the times when I'm going to have to get to heaven and have these conversations with God about situations I handled, and it's like, that was, that was your choice, you chose to do that, I'm like, yeah, I know, and it's like, there is, yeah, I know, it, I should have done what I should have done, and I didn't do what I should have done, and we'll get into the scriptures this morning. Oh, if I can stand up off this thing. Mm-hmm. Haley, would you mind reading? Sure. First uh, Timothy 4.1. Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times, some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites and liars, and their consciences are dead. Second Peter 2.1. But there were also false prophets in Israel, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will cleverly teach destructive heresies and even deny the master who bought them who bought them. In this way they will bring sudden destruction on themselves. Many will follow their evil teachings and shameful immorality. <clears throat> and because of these teachers, the tr- the way of truth will be slandered. In their greed they will make up clever lies to get hold of your money. But God condemned them long ago and their destruction will not be delayed. Jude one eight. In the same way, these people who claim authority from their dreams live immoral lives, 
defy authority and scoff at supernatural beings. But these people scoff at things they do not understand. Like unthinking animals, they do whatever their instincts tell them, and so they bring about their own destruction. When these people eat with you in your fellowship meals commemorating the Lord's love, they are like dangerous reefs that can shipwreck you. They are like shameless shepherds who care only for themselves. They are like clouds blowing over the land without giving any rain. They are like trees in autumn that are doubly dead, for they bear no fruit and have been pulled up by the roots. They are like wild waves of the sea, churning up the foam of their shameful deeds. They are like wandering stars, doomed forever to blackest darkness. I say this because some ungodly people have wormed their way into your churches, saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. The condemnation of such people was recorded long ago, for they have denied our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit and await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourselves safe in God's love, and you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy to still others, but do so with great caution, hating the sins that contaminate their lives. Amen. Thank you. There's lots of scriptures in there, but uh, I like how it points out. And it's I forget sometimes, which is sad to say, but if you're not living life hooked up with the Holy Spirit in every aspect of what you're doing, you're eventually probably going to go, in my opinion, and with me, I go off on a path and a tangent. I should not have traveled down, and then in the Holy Spirit's half, it feels like sometimes I just wish he'd smack me on the back of the head, get back over here. I was like, oh, it's like I didn't even realize I was trying over here. Where am I going? And that's why we have to walk with him. That's why it says to walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh, because his flesh will constantly be distracting us and trying to get us away. And I've seen some things over there where they were talking about and. In verse 12, we'll get to later. But that's why the Holy Spirit is so important. That's why I'm so thankful that the Lord sent the Holy Spirit back. And I know that it seems to me that it's, and I know pastors teach about it, and I hear other people teach about it. That's the one thing that, that seems to get us all muddled up and why we don't seem to be doing as well as we can sometimes because the Holy Spirit may have told us or pointed something out and we haven't truly faced it or dealt with it or got it taken care of or, or removed whatever it is removed or put in whatever needs to be put in or if you need to get up earlier and pray you need to get up earlier and read your word more you need to do this you need to do that and i'm like sure yeah totally and then i don't and then i pay for it later and i wonder why am i getting so angry why am i getting so frustrated why is all this stuff getting to me it's because i wasn't listening to the holy spirit and being where i need to be to get linked in and and synced up with him so that wherever it is I go, however it is I see, whatever it is I see from TV to, to news to, to whatever, I have his discernment showing me and teaching me and telling me the directions I need to go and what I need to be paying attention to. In part one of Destruction Doctrines, um, the first century Christians were persecuted for their faith, but Paul was more concerned about the evil that threatened in threatened to slip in among believers and wreak havoc. Uh, leaders who had been followers of Christ would be seduced by evil spirits 
and abandoned the gospel to teach lies that would lead others astray. We can cease to be led by the truth of God when we open ourselves up to Satan's lies. And that just goes into what I was talking about with the Holy Spirit. If we if we cease to go after the things of God, the truths of God, like say I'm watching a movie that I know isn't good for me, that it might be rated R or something. If I'm allowing things like that into my life, because there's something my mom used to always say is what comes in is what goes out. And what you're, you're viewing, some we have a choice over. And if you're not viewing the things that you should be and watching the things you should be and listening to music you should be, then you're feeding the fleshly side and not the spiritual side. Did, did you have something, Pastor? Yeah. As you open up here, uh, one of clarify and make it evident that this lesson is not is not about sometimes what we think it's about. This is talking about people, humans, that are part of the fabric. They're not the horns and the pitchforks trying blatantly out here. It's so obvious that they're trying to deceive people. That's not what they're talking about here at all. They're talking about people that are deceiving. And they're actually a part of, if you read your scriptures, they are a part of the Christian community per se. Yeah. That's what makes it even that much more dangerous because they will develop trust, a following. Most of these, even in the days that the Bible's talking about here, were very charismatic. They were very popular. They, they had uh, supposed gifts and such and were very deceiving. You know, as time has gone on, we need to be more conscious of that because of evidently more of that yeah. in the world today. And if you really look around and you start listening, you're going to find some real error in, in some very popular people's teachings. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That's why it's so important to read the Word and have the Holy Spirit helping us. And don't, don't just listen to somebody because if they're popular. Or, yeah. You know, we just have to be careful. I mean, I'm not going to tell anybody who they need to listen to them. Don't. I have my own opinion. And a lot of times, first flag, you know, well, you're judging me. No, there's nothing wrong with examining. Judging biblically is casting a person to hell. I mean, that's, yeah. we don't do that. But we have the right and the authority to evaluate, especially religious leaders. Yeah, because yeah, they'll be held at a higher standard. Which well, is... And we'll be deceived and suffer for it. Yeah. That's good. Um, staying close to God through obedience, through prayer, through Bible study and fellowship with other believers is crucial in avoiding spiritual deceptions. And I've always liked one thing the pastor always says here, is like if you don't trust him or believe him, go read yourself. Go look it up yourself. Mm-hmm. And there's been times I have because either A, I didn't get it, or B, I wanted to go make for sure myself. But there were times in my past where I didn't do that. And being a believer, I, I've been that person at, at one time where you stamp that time card when you come to church and there's, Unfortunately, I was that believer, and I could stand from that position where you think that that preacher, whoever it is, they're telling you the truth. But if you're not doing the research on your own and you're not nurturing that relationship with God and with the Holy Spirit, then it's easier to be deceived. Uh, False teachers were making their own rules, such as forbidding Christians from marrying or eating certain foods. Uh, I would argue with now that they're, they're saying it's okay for other people in other marriages other than forbidding them, but... I don't really want to get into that topic yet. Uh, These restrictions likely came from teaching on Greek philosophy that all physical matter is evil and that one could earn God's favor by avoiding 
avoiding physical pleasures such as uh, as those afforded by marriage and certain foods. These rules contradict scripture. And I actually didn't read those, but I want to read them right now. If I can get my Bible. First Corinthians seven twenty-eight. Help get it going on there. First Corinthians seven says but if you marry and you have not sinned if a virgin marries and he she has not sinned nevertheless it will have trouble in this life but would not spare you from that no that's not what I thought they were going to talk about I should have researched that first my bad but uh But there was rules over stuff like that. But nowadays, I think they've kind of contorted it to other things with marriage that I'm not keen on. And I'm sure God's not keen on either about the same-sex marriage. And those are things that I don't like that have gotten into the church. But uh, Genuine relationship with <coughs> Jesus Christ affects our thoughts, our words, and our actions. What Christ did for us is a powerful incentive to follow him wholeheartedly but there is a vast difference between obeying God and following a list of human made regulations and I know that the, the Bible is one of the closest things we can get for obeying God and, and it needs to be followed as much as we can and I know that there's also times in my life where the Lord has told me things specifically to do uh, to to minister to others or to call somebody or pray for somebody and if you don't take the time out to do those things then yeah i've heard it preached before that delayed obedience is disobedience yeah. and unfortunately i still fall under that sometimes and i'm working striving not to but but being obedient to whatever the lord tells you to do even if it sounds ridiculous like I don't know. Even if he tells you to, to, to pay for somebody's food at the store, something like that. But I know obeying God is pleasant for him. He's happy when we obey. And I want God to be happy with my situation or who I am or how I'm teaching. And, and I know I need the Holy Spirit to do that better. Um, moving on to the next section, recognizing subtle deceptions. Teaching... False teaching is not new. At the Garden of Eden, Satan twisted God's commandments. Adam fell into sin with Eve, and the human race had been uh, paying the price ever since. Peter mentioned that false prophets led the Israelites astray. Similarly, false teachers were in early church and led people astray from the truth. It is important to acknowledge the power and the danger of false teaching. 
when those who once followed the gospel became entangled with sins, encouraged through false teaching, their public example brings disgrace on the way of truth. And it kind of ties into earlier a little bit for me personally that I was out there professing Christ, wearing a Christian shirt, and I was not acting in the way that I should have. And I may have hindered those people in Walmart the other day ago on their belief on how they see a believer. And I know it's not totally tying into this, but that's, I feel convicted on that highly today. And I, I, John, John, there's one name in there that lays the whole ground. <coughs> yeah. This is where it all comes from. That's Satan. Satan, yeah. Uh, people don't understand how devious and able he is, and I'm not giving him glory or credit at no. all. How devious and able he is to deceive. And he's done that for generations of time, again, through people. He don't show up himself. He does it through people. people and yeah. here's that's what we're talking about. This is a very serious lesson, especially yeah. in the day we're living in. Yeah. Uh, people are driven mostly by their emotions. People respond to emotional things. Yeah. Sensualism. Yeah. What's this sensational? That that stirs and that he knows that. And in a big way, that's what we're seeing today. It's it's not people's emotions. You don't really have to tell them the truth. You get their emotions stirred up. Mm-hmm. And then they'll follow you, or then they'll believe anything. Yeah. And that's that's the basis here and uh, it's very necessary that people understand and, and are vigilant to study because you can get sucked in before you know it we've seen it happen over and over and over again just in our recent times uh, by this guy or that guy just lead hundreds not thousands of people astray yeah. just because they may have a good worship service or you like their music or which is a whole other agenda but that's part of it yeah. uh, false False Christ are not just the people behind the pulpit. Yeah. That, that's another interesting thing. That can be anybody. Anyone that leads you astray by any means. Mm. Amen. Yeah. I don't know where I was. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, it's okay. Wow, that was good. I like that. Um, it, yes. Peter also mentioned that false prophets led the Israelites astray. Similar false teachers were in the early church and led people away from the truth. It is important to acknowledge that the power and the danger of false teaching. When those who once followed the gospel became entangled in their sins and courage through false teachings, their public example brings disgrace to the way of truth. Peter also identified human greed, a common root of many sins, as dividing force behind false teachers or false teaching. Uh, false teachers were willing to fool people for their own selfish benefits. And uh, Pastor mentioned this before we got up here, and uh, that there's some out there that are in it for the money. There are some out there that I'm not saying that God shouldn't bless people in, in, in the kingdom of God, but they, they take their blessing a little overboard sometimes. Uh, I've heard a mention of somebody who owned fancier car than I own I, I won't get into it but I believe in <coughs> Ferrari or Porsche or something and he's a pastor and he's driving around one of these cars honestly in my opinion I don't think that should be the way but he thinks that he needs a fancy car like that That that's that's between him and God but uh, I, being a full time preacher I don't believe he had a job on the side and he would. I don't know where that money came from to purchase that car maybe Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe somebody in his congregation bought him that. But still, I, I would, me personally, I would want to sell it 
and buy a small car that would work and, and give the money away. But that's just me, and I haven't been put in that situation. <clears throat> I don't want to be put in that situation. Um, let's see. In addition, Peter, Peter's principles for recognizing false teachers, we also know that major, major characteristics of some modern, modern false teaching is complete devotion of followers to the leaders. There you go. Yeah. Where, yeah, where they're all devoted on following that one preacher. You can't go to another church. You can't listen to nobody else. You got to go to this church. Has to be this church. Nowhere else. This is the only church that teaches you the truth. Everyone else, there. Bleh. But that that would be a huge red flag right off the bat. If, if they have an issue with you listening to someone else or going to another church, and, and devoting all the attention because the glory is all supposed to go to God. God gets the glory in every situation. And if they're not pointing point back to Jesus and point back to God and they're pointing always to themselves and they're, there's, you know, there's an talks issue. about cults which is another subject Yeah, but that's exactly what they do Yeah, people create cults for a reason following to themselves well another mistake that Christians make is that can't happen here yes it can happen yeah. here the Bible wouldn't be talking about it not here to say but I'm talking in the, the Christian community yeah I believe there was some thinking at one point in time to drink the Kool-Aid and did all that and, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God help them. Well, that's, that's the extreme that you take it to. Yeah. But, you know, the damage that it does in underlying factors, it's not really seen, but it does to when people start being deceived, then of course there's damage done. Yeah. Because not only are they deceived, but then they just may deceive someone else that they know or someone else in their family, and it just kind of ripples. Jimmy, did you have something? Yeah, the devil, you know, he'll use anything that he can, not just people. Yeah. Uh, like when I first got saved, well, I'll say the second time, because I got saved when I was eight. When I got saved the second time, uh, I never gave no tithes to the church or to anybody. I figured, well, you know, I'm paying taxes. I'm supposed to, get, I'm supposed to do it. Because I read in the Old Testament, you know, where they the taxes paid the, the orphans and the, the widows and all, you know, give them things to, to, to help them along. The church did, and that was the taxes back then. And I thought, well, I, I don't have to give no tithes because the government, you know, I'm paying taxes and they're getting, they're going to take care of me. Yeah. And then I, then I listened to the preacher. He said, well, will you rob God? Yeah. You know, I'm reading in the Bible. He, I was following him. You know, we rob God out of your tithes and offerings. Yeah. And I always give offerings, but I never to give tithes. Yeah, and I used to have an issue with that myself too. So uh, I, I, I finally, after that day, after he preached that, started giving uh, my tithes like I was supposed to. Yeah. And it, it just a wonder I could see the blessing that God blessed me for it. And then. Uh, I've seen blessings when me and Linda was, you know, when we got married, after we got married, we both lost our jobs, you know, and we didn't have a whole lot, but we still paid our tithes just like we was working. And God blessed us. We never got behind on none of our bills. Amen. Everything always worked out. And uh, he said, if you, you give, it'll be given unto yep. you. Amen. Yep. And, and if you bless people, then it be, you'll be blessed. Yeah, you just gotta have so faith you're not supposed to worry about where it goes, yeah. but you're supposed to give a tenth of 
for your tithes, everything that you get. Yeah. And it's supposed to that, give it to God. Above, now, you know, it's, it's, it's above, uh, I won't say it's above your bills, but, you know, it's anything yeah. that you yeah. get that's over. Yeah. And it should be the first thing. I've heard teachings before, too, where you they take their money out, whatever's tithes, they put that to the side first, and that's the first thing that they do. Yeah. Amen. And that's something I, I work on doing now. And trying to put that money to the side first because I'm like, nope, this ain't even mine. This is yours. And I've heard teachings on it's not even a tenth. It's it's it could be more than a tenth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and you just gotta have the faith that because I've dealt with that before as well. And and not wanting to give my tithes. It's like, oh, that preacher just wants my money and stuff like that. And unfortunately, as this lesson is talking about, there are some that do. But you have to have the faith that when you find that good church, it's like that money is going where it's supposed to go, pastor's doing what they needs to do with it, and it's into, you're giving to God and not to the person. So. Um, I'm gonna mention some things, this is another one, that there's a lack of today, and that's preaching against sin. Yes. You hardly ever hear it anymore. Mm -hmm. yes. I was about to, because I was gonna ask that question at the bottom. Uh, that's another indicator. Yeah. It's because, well, if you're not telling people, and you know, well, everybody knows what's wrong, no, they don't. No. If you're not telling them, not in a cruel, harsh way, if you're not advising them, so to speak. Uh, but it seems to be more about uh, feeling good, making you feel good. You know, you're going to live forever in a golden castle and have all this, you know. Uh, that is a deception in a big way. People are made to believe that they're going to be rich and prosperous, and they're seeking that and looking for it because somebody's standing up there telling them. Jesus said himself, he didn't even have the place to lay his head. head yeah. He said, the poor will always be among you. So where's all this richness going to come from? Yeah. Right. That, again, that's deception. Yes, it is. You stay on course here because this is a very, very, very necessary lesson right here yeah. in, in the time we're living in. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, because there was the question at the bottom where, did I read that one? I think it did with the resources and such leaders in Scripture justify their actions. But the question down here, what are some common forms of teaching uh, today on how we can prepare to reject such teachings? And what are some things that that you've seen today? And that that's one of them I noticed. Where the once saved, always saved. Uh, yeah. uh, another one I, I've seen is that. Well, that, that's just doctrine there now. That's just doctrine. So, yeah. yeah, that's not false teaching. No. We need to divide doctrine and false teaching. But no. yeah, we know the difference. Um, one that really bothers me is where grace is going to cover everything. And yes. I feel like a lot of people that are my age, they, uh, and I'm not going to say any names either, but there's a lot of young preachers that they follow who all I see <coughs> preaching about is, oh, grace is going to protect you. Yeah. Like, you can go out and do whatever, but it's fine. God's still going to, yes, God loves you, but God is not loving you going out and partying and doing whatever you want to do and not following his word. So I think a lot of people my age fall into that deception of I'm going to come as I am and stay as I am and God is still going to love me. Yeah. And yeah. that really bothers me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I have one about false teaching is when, I mean, a lot of it's on late night, but you can get, you know, I get up early. Oh, yeah. So I see that where they tell you, if you buy this water, oh, yeah. you're going to have. And I have to go back because when I, Haley's always been a really good little Christian girl and I'm so proud of her. But, you know, I had difficulties a couple of years ago with things going on in my life and I just grabbed a hold of anything that I thought was going to stick on me. Yeah. And Haley would get at me. She'd say, Mom, quit listening to them. They're false. 
and, and Haley broke my eyes to it because they're like, if you send me this, I'm going to send you this in the mail. Yeah. And I, and I, God bless me and forgive me. I, I ordered that. And all it was was like this little mesh. Yeah. I can't even really remember, but Haley said, Mama, that's crazy. <laughs> little bitty <laughs> mesh thing. And it had something in that and told me if I gave them money, which was crazy, which I wasn't going to do it because yeah. I was really starting to get into coming here a whole lot. But, you know, it just broke my heart and I was really in, and I'll name the name, you know, T.D. Jakes. And the last sermon I listened to him, mm -hmm. I had just heard, oh, it was a good Sunday we had here with Pastor Smith, and it, it was just wonderful. Yeah. And he was talking, he has never preached, in my opinion, about tithing here, and I'm grateful and thankful for that, which it wouldn't bother me if he did. Yeah. But he said, he was preaching in the last, it was a good service that I listened to, T.D. Jakes, and he said, okay, you've listened to me, now you pay me. And he yeah. said, every second that you've heard me, mm -hmm. you owe me to pay me. I don't care if you listen to me five minutes. Right. My time is worth more. And I feel that preachers should not be, yeah, your time is not more valuable than mine. Right. And yeah. that broke my heart. And so after that, I said, from now on, the only preachers I'm going to be listening to is Pastor Smith and Tanner. <laughs> well, he said, if I've blessed you, you owe me money. If I've blessed you, you owe me. That's what wow. he said. And yeah, I told my Haley, mom, I was like, no man. way. Haley got it, man. Yeah, that, I, mean, that. I just want to be helped. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it broke my heart, you know. But I, I feel sorry, you know. And I try to tell yeah. people at work, don't listen to that. Go to your Bible. If, you have, if you're lost, go. Because that's the only thing that helped me was just writing things down. Yeah. And going to my Bible and saying, yeah, that's truth and not truth. Because that's not truth. Yeah, and stuff like you that. Know? We need to be praying for him. Yeah, it's like, Lord, open his eyes to, to see what's going on. Maybe he got to see you somewhere along the line. It's like, I don't know what's going on, but that ain't right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that is, you know, she's an adult. You know, that, that's, that tells you how easily deceived that yeah. you can be when you're weak. Yeah, you you know, when you're weak, you're this whole world is out there grabbing at things. Yeah. Whether it's drugs or alcohol or sex or whatever, they're grabbing at things. You know, the, the truth, the truth, yeah. and it's hard to swallow sometimes. I'm not a good person. Exactly. I'm not good. And, and me being told or me listening to that, yeah. it makes you not feel good. And it shouldn't make you feel good. Yeah. But when you feel that way and you know in your heart you're not doing right and you know it yeah. you and know it you're not doing anything to fix it either yes that's oh, correct yeah. but uh, everybody's looking for that that hope and that man that's why it was so important to have jesus so important to tell people about jesus because there's other people out there Telling things that are contrary to Jesus. Sorry, I got I'm gonna keep moving. Jimmy, I'll, I'll try to get you on the next one. Okay. All right. uh, arrogant people who claim authority. Jude offered a vivid description of false teachers, including the nature of their sins and the way that they uh, conducted their deception. They indulged in a variety of sins, which may, which they have may have justified by claiming their practices were endorsed by God through dreams. The nature of their sins was threefold or threefold sexual indulgence, perversion, and the rejection of the lordship of God over their lives and an arrogant dismissal of spiritual forces. And that's it in a nutshell, because they're just living in sin and they're just I've heard that I don't know how many times and it's like God'll forgive me. The only God can judge me. And 
they're just being arrogant and it's a true lack of fear of the Lord and the world needs more of it. I need more of it. Jude's example in verse 9 could be difficult to understand uh, that in, as the incident. Thank you. incident does not appear in the Old Testament. Michael is the highest rank angel yet to be refused yet he refused to slander against Satan during this dispute. Instead rebuking him in the name of the Lord, Michael recognized Satan's wickedness but left judgment to God. Unlike him, the false teachers displayed arrogance and promiscuous, promiscuous attitudes towards spiritual realm and had no concept of their coming judgment. They are compared to Cain who tried to make an offering of his own terms and was rejected by God. Balaam was moved by greed and Korah rebelled against authority of Moses and God. Like Korah, these deceivers would meet with God's judgment for their ways. Uh, and there was something in here that, uh, like when we're listening to these other teachers out there, what are some deal breakers for you? Because I know when it, when they won't mention sin or they just shrug off sin, that's a big deal breaker for me. If there was somebody I listened to, then I, I won't mention his name. But I, I listened to like three or four of his different sermons, and that was something that popped up. He didn't mention sin one time in like four hours. I'm like, he didn't say sin once, did he? And, and, and that just irked me because I need to know about sin. If I'm not right with God, I don't want to get to heaven and be like, hey, you're not coming in. And it's like, but I listened to blah, blah, blah. And, and, and it's like, yes, I know. And he didn't teach you right. And you followed that. And sorry. So I don't, I don't want to fall into that thing. And, and I don't want others to fall into that either. Pastor, did you have something? Well, just quickly, there's. There's several reasons. One is a reluctance because when you start preaching that, there's no, there's no doubt you're going to offend some folks and yeah. mm-hmm. lose some folks that persist to live the way they want to live. But anyway, uh, again, and, and we got to use the Bible as a model, and over and over and over again, they were people being told, okay, basically you're sinning, you're sinning. There's a way to escape that, and. If they're, if, like if you're not told, you don't take the avenue for salvation. You just think you can live in it and everything's fine and okay. Yeah, they think that Jesus died on the cross. And they think God owes it to them. Even though they haven't repented. Yeah. My daughter told me that one time. said, we prayed. We stopped doing this. We stopped doing that. You know. And he, she said, and, and we've been praying. I said, yeah, but did you? Did you get down and repent of your sins? I said, they don't, God don't even hear you yeah. until you get down and repent of your sins and, and be born again. Yeah, repent. He don't owe you anything. Yeah. He doesn't God owe us anything anyway. And but, this life is something else. I know it is. Yeah. But he didn't promise us a rose garden here. He promised us a place in heaven. Amen. Amen. Moving in, following uh, the way of judgment. Uh, Jude continued to describe the false teachers as selfishly caring for themselves. In, in, paring, in paring, paring, paring God's people. The love feasts and fellowship meals accompanied the celebration of the Lord's Supper were a powerful symbol of love and unity in the church. Despite their 
sin and deception, false teachers brazenly participated in these godly events. Jude called them spots or dangerous reefs, and it's translated from the word in that other uses is, is rendered reefs and as possible wordplay by Jude. False teachers presented themselves as rocks or pillars of the community and hid their spiritual treachery, leaving unsuspected Christians in danger of disaster, just as a ship would be impaired by a hidden reef. And I actually looked that up, and that's the only place in there that that use of spots is, and it does mean a reef, like you're sailing in a boat and you're, you can't see it, and then you run into it and it's too late. And I was like asking the Lord, like, what are some other examples I could use for that? And it's like black eyes driving down the road. You don't see it, and you're traveling too fast, and you hit that, and you're off in a ditch or worse. Or it's like a deer running in front of you when you're going down the road, and you don't see the deer, and it's too late. And uh, if we're not where we need to be with Christ, these things unfortunately can and will happen to people, and we have to be ready to, to, to discern between the word, whether it's being, whether I'm teaching it or someone else is teaching it. You quit doing them things, and then you what you do, though, you quit doing them for the wrong reason. Yeah. You know, when you when you say, well, I quit doing this and I quit doing that, well, yeah, you did, but you've done it for the wrong reason. Yeah. Because you're not saved yet. And if you're not saved, then it, it, it don't matter. Yeah, if it's not done for Christ in the kingdom, then it really doesn't amount to much. Uh, he don't owe you nothing, in other words. No, no. Jude described the, the fate of false teachers with an example from the apocalyptic book of Enoch. Uh, while this book is not part of scripture, it can attest to accuracy on this point because Jude used it in scripture. Now, I don't really know much about that. I have not read the book of Enoch, so I don't know, but I'm just going to go along with what the lesson says, but I don't know if I agree with it or not. But the example concerns, uh, connects Enoch, who lives in seven generations after Adam, who walked so closely to God that he went to heaven without dying. Enoch prophesies that the Lord's judgment reminded us of such wickedness was destined to be judged from the beginning. Try to get it. You want to say something faster? Yeah, you brought something out there and I know I'm talking about it. Yeah, that's all right. Um, don't think that these particular people this is talking about won't spend the money and the resources to get the calls across. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a lot of money sometimes. Yeah. Much associated here with this, this whole lesson. Uh, I mean, the bar like to go door to door to mention things to you and give you pamphlets and stuff but they're, they're really devoted to going door to door and telling you about that how devoted are we into going door to door and telling people about Jesus that's something I feel convicted about and moving on in part three uh, contend for the faith Jude urged his readers uh, to contend for the faith and I was also interested in this word too because contend is only used once in the whole Bible in this this one meeting here um, the word contend draws from an image of military battle or athletic contest, an intense ongoing struggle. In this case, they were actively engaged, engaged their opponents to preserve the truth of the gospel. And I had to ask myself a question, what am I contending for? 
Am I contending for Christ? When I wake up in the morning, is Christ the first thing I'm contending for? Am I, I going to prayer? Am I thanking him? And is that the first thing I'm contending for? Am I checking my, my YouTube or Facebook or, or I checking my phone or something like that? Am I contending for the faith wherever it is I'm, I'm going and, and bringing Jesus over everything? That's just something personally I got stirred up about this morning was about contending for the faith and because the enemy doesn't have one problem with contending for his beliefs the enemy like pastor just said enemy ain't got one iota problem coming on the nightly news and telling you all about what's going on in his his realm and he doesn't have one problem speaking through anyone on this planet trying to get his point across and using every means necessary to do so and and as believers I know I, I fall prey to it. It's like God's going to do everything in it. But he's looking for people to go out there and contend for him, just like the enemy's got people contending for them. And I think there was something I, I mentioned, was wrote down earlier that I didn't get to, but uh, I know the enemy's voice is quite loud. And how, how, how loud is my voice? And I know we're not supposed to be gallon out there with a megaphone, though there are some that do that. But... Uh, how loudly am I speaking about Jesus? And it doesn't have to be at a, at a high volume level, but how much am I, I bringing Jesus into the conversations in my family? How much am I contending for, for my own faith with the Holy Spirit at home? How much am I listening to the music that I need to on the way where I'm going, traveling back and forth, or am I listening to worldly things or, or people that are leading me astray? These are just some of my own personal things. Um, the, pre, the presence of false teaching is in great big words. Irrevocable? Inevitable. Inevitable. It was prophesied by the apostles um, and by Jesus himself. False teachings uh, come from carnal people who do not have the Spirit in their lives. Such teachers bring confusion, deception, and division. Christians must build one another up in the faith, reminding each other of their spiritual truth and encouraging each other to grow in the Lord. The Spirit helps us to be strong in the Lord, um, oppose the enemies of faith, and focus on the hope, eternal work, or eternal rewards, of eternal rewards. And I know sometimes I get caught up in this world and I lose focus of my eternal rewards, of my heavenly home, and, and how it's going to be up there, and just the, the peace that surpasses all understanding, and just the just the presence of God and being able to just sit there in his presence because I felt it, just little tidbits of it here but the, the, the full power and just the presence of being around God I, I, I can't wait for that that sounds awesome to me uh, we, are, we are called to rescue the wavering some Christians are confused by false teachers and become doubtful in their faith the proper response of these Struggling believers is not condemnation but mercy. By showing them their error and lovingly leading them back from the truth and doubters to be the doubter and be snatched from the flames of judgment. And that's something I've struggled with before when we hear people that listen to other preachers or teachers that we know that that don't tell it the way it should be. And we hear someone say that they they listen to so and so. Um, I know I found it hard before to try to, to lead them and tell them why I don't listen to so-and-so. I don't listen to them because of this. I don't like that that guy. I mean, because of this, because he won't mention sin or, or he, he 
he's all about this or he doesn't preach repentance uh, and we have to be able to help those to, to especially believers you, they should be out there preaching teaching about Jesus everywhere that they go sharing Jesus with everyone and we don't want people to have a false hope like I talked about earlier thinking we're going to be getting into heaven but we're really going the other direction because when, when it comes to stuff like that it's like we're no longer working for the kingdom of God we're working for the enemy and I think some of these some of these people they're deceived and they don't know that they're doing it but they're leading people to hell and not to heaven and that, that's a scary thought that, that even I could be deceived that if I don't if I'm not close enough to the Holy Spirit and I'm not reading my Bible, if I'm not spending my time in prayer, if I'm not doing my study, and if I'm not listening to what I need to be listening to and putting myself in the positions, and if I'm not obeying God, I could very well fall into the, the path of destruction and and lead people astray myself, and I personally don't want to do that either. Um, this happened about 15 years ago, maybe a little bit more. Um, I got invited to a revival, and... Um, I was preaching, talking, and you know, you have to have discernment. And um, so, you know, sitting there listening, and he had said a few things that were not correct. And so I just got up and left at that point. And then um, he was at another church, and I got invited, but at that time I didn't know that he was <coughs> preaching. So um, I went ahead and went, and same thing. And there were some people lined up against the wall, and I was probably like the fifth, sixth person back. Well, you know how you lay hands on somebody, truly from the spirit, you'll fall out. This guy shoved the guy in the front, which knocked me down and several people behind me, and you know, thought it was a move of God. But he just got knocked down, pushed, you know, pushed down. And not too long after that, you know, um, both of those churches split. And it talks about confusion, deception, and division. Yeah. That's exactly what that was because some people were, you know, liked that he was there and others did not. And it ended up splitting into two churches. Yeah. And that's... You have to have discernment. Discernment. When you, you know, when you're and that comes back to we have to have the Holy Spirit because he's yes. the one that gives us the discernment in that. And, and I know a lot of people are seeking for those things. They're seeking for the miracles. They're looking for yeah. prophecy. They're looking for those things, the spiritual gifts and... And there are counterfeits out there and and people saying that they're working for God. I mean, there will even be people when they get to heaven that's like, but I did miracles in your name and stuff like that. But they're not going to be getting in. And another thing was money, money. Yeah. It was money. Yeah, that would I definitely wanted money. be a red flag. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, I actually get through this lesson. I forgot where I was, though. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh. Uh, one thing. Yeah, one commentary likened the snatching of a child away from a hot stove. Uh, others uh, may begin to adapt doctrines or ungodly lifestyles of false teachings. In such situations, Christians sh should respond in mercy mixed with a healthy fear, um, or healthier fear. We must be repulsed by sin, recognizing it as deserving total rejection. Sin can be effectively avoided if we maintain a revulsion towards it and do everything possible to rescue endangered persons from judgment. The book of Jude closes with the encouragement that God gives 
us all we need to overcome this world to serve him faithfully. He watches over us like a sentry who stands guard providing wisdom and power to overcome error. He enriches the lives of his people with hope of one day being presented faultless before him. Uh, and I'll leave you with this. I need to get closer with the Holy Spirit so that I can be able to discern things properly. And especially when it comes to, to Christian uh, from either listening to pastors or watching sermons or whatever it is. Uh, it, we need to be encouraged by the Holy Spirit but we also need discernment. I know that's something I've heard Pastor talk about. I know that's something I've heard Tanner talking about. That's something I've heard other people mention that discernment is going to be big in this season that we're in right now. That we need to be able to discern what's good and what's evil because the world's definitely not able to be able to discern what's good and evil right now. And we need the Lord and the power of God to help us and to help others in this world to know the difference. That's the reason we have the teaching. Yeah. And we can know the Lord. Yeah. We can know Jesus. We know we, we can know what God expects. Yeah. No, the, the Holy well, Spirit was sent back to, to teach us and, and empower us to do all the things that are necessary. And, and we need the Holy Spirit's help in this time. And from helping saving our loved ones to just help the people we we live with and help to other believers that we may know that we see that they could be living in fault. Yeah. We all know we'll never be perfect. You're on this earth. No, not on this side, but, but, but I we still can, We can be perfect when we're striving for <laughs> yeah. the perfection in God. We're still supposed to be striving Christ. for that, and if we don't have the Holy Spirit helping us to do such things, then yeah, we're going to miss it. Yeah, we're going to miss the mark, and I don't want to miss the mark. It's been good this morning. God bless y'all.